when you've discovered the joy of what it means to be a light for someone else, it's a person who has discovered what it means to truly follow Jesus Christ. In John 10.10, Jesus said that I have come so that they can have a life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. And what Jesus was talking about there was that only through knowing and following Jesus Christ will you ever be able to experience life the way that God intended it on this earth, period. And so we have a lot of misconceptions that have been out there about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what it means to be a Christian. And what we've been doing over the past few weeks is we've been looking at what it actually means when we say, okay, I want Jesus to be Lord in my life. I acknowledge that he is Lord, and now I want to live that out. What does that actually mean? What does that do? Well, that is the path that leads to life. And what we've done is we've taken what he says to us about being a city on a hill, a light to others, and we've put that into some words that hopefully help us understand what it means to actually be a light to others. And it's not just about being a light for God's sake. It truly is that when we choose to live our life as a light to other people, we have found the path to experiencing life that goes beyond all things that we could imagine. And so over the past few weeks, we've used that word light as an acrostic to demonstrate some of these things. The first one that we talked about was to be a light to others. The first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to live out what the Bible says. So we first talked about living out what the Bible says. And in the context of this sermon series, meaning I'm a person that wants to be in, I want to be all in in my faith, we've backed this up with some words that begin with in, as in I-N, not the letter N. And uh, the first one we talked about is when you're going to live out what the Bible says, then you're going to be intentional. Meaning you're going to intentionally, you're going to read the word of God with the intent of saying, I'm going to take these words, I'm going to put them in my heart, and then I'm going to apply them to my life. So when I come in contact with something in God's word that shows me a way that I'm supposed to live, if it's different than the way that I've been living or the way that I'm on my way to being a light, to intentionally adjust myself to God's word. And when I do that, I'm on my way to being a light. To other people. Next, we talked about if you're going to be a light to others, you're going to invite others on this journey of faith. We talked about being inviting. And so you're going to invite others on this journey of faith. Inviting others on the journey of faith, yes, it's a great call of God that we're all supposed to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And sometimes we see that as, well, we're supposed to do something for God. But the truth of it is, is if we're going to experience life to its fullest, it is done as we invite others to know Jesus Christ. We actually miraculously get something out of that that fills us up and helps us experience life in all its fullness as we're sharing the good news of the gospel with other people. And then we talked about the importance of getting in a group. If I'm going to be a light, I'm going to get in a group because God never intended for us to just live life independently. We're supposed to be interdependent. And so the N word there is we want to be involved. We have to get involved. We have to let people be involved in our lives and we have to get involved in the lives with others. And the truth of it is relationships are messy. 
They'll cause you some of the greatest joys in life and they'll cause you some of the deepest pains in life. But God wired us to be interdependent, meaning that we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. So the path to life comes in being involved with other people, being connected and growing together. So you can't do that on your own. You have to get into a group of people. And then last week, we talked about helping serve other people. If I'm going to be a light, I'm going to help serve others, meaning I'm going to be invested. I'm going to make an investment in this person's life. And an investment doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to maybe immediately get a return from them. It means I'm going to pour myself out in service to other people. And the way that we do that is we understand that God has given us everything that we need. And so therefore, I can now pass these things along to others. And the more that I serve others and the more that God fills me up and allows me to do even more things for others. You can't do that without margin in your life. We talked about the simple truth is this. If you spend everything that you have, your time, your talent, your treasure, if you spend all of that on yourself, then you have nothing left to give to anybody else and you're missing out on true life. True life, you're not gonna get to the end of it and we're gonna evaluate your bank account and your degrees and everything else like that and evaluate whether you lived your life to the fullest. I guarantee you at the end of life, we're gonna come to a place and it's gonna be how many people have you touched and served is gonna be the measure of how well you live this life. Are you invested in other people? And then today we come to the end of this sermon series. And as I said earlier, we're gonna do something different. It's gonna be a short sermon, amen, because we're actually going to do instead of just talk about. And the T on this is we're gonna take time to pray. If I'm gonna be a person of light, then I'm gonna be someone who takes time to pray. And I'm gonna say this simple truth. This should probably be first thing that we talked about, but light is not spelled with a T at the beginning of it. And so we put it at the end and when you look at these things, please don't see them as, okay, I have to go in this order. These are all equally important. If you're going to be a person of light, you're going to be someone who knows how to take time to pray. And everything you do in your life is going to be covered in prayer. And the key word for us is this, we're going to be a person who's interceding. What does that mean? That means that we get to go before the Lord and we get to take petitions and prayers and requests and people we care about and concerns of others and concerns of our own life. And we get to place them before the Lord. And we get to know that he cares about those things and he cares about us. And that when we take them to him, that he leads us and helps us know what to do and how to live our life out in the midst of these things. So we're going to take time to pray. It's kind of like this. It's that moment and you, you can study things all your life, you can read a book, you can read an instruction manual, you can do whatever. But, you know, it's the oddest thing to me is that in driver's ed, they make you study all this stuff first, right? All the books, all the laws and all the stuff. And then the first time you get behind that wheel, it's like, I don't know that I remember any of that. You're just worried about getting that car going in the right place and doing the right things all the time. And so what's what we want to do today? We don't want to take a whole lot of time to study this. We want to actually put it into action and take time to pray. But I do want to talk about two quick things. 
Because prayer, for some reason, sometimes makes people nervous. Like, like I don't know how to pray. And I'm going to tell you something. We talked about this in my Bible study class this morning. It's truly one of the things in our Christian walk that I think everybody across the board, no matter how much they do it, no matter how long they've been a follower of Jesus Christ, if you were to ask them, do you take enough time to pray, the across-the-board answer is going to be no. doesn't matter how much they do it. And so it's one of those things that can, if you're not careful, bring about some feelings of guilt of going, oh, I don't pray enough. I don't. Well, none of us are going to do that. We're, even if you're a person of constant prayer, you're going to have an overwhelming feeling that I need to be doing more of this. And so we need to understand, though, the great gift that we have from God is that we can come directly to him. We can bring our prayers to him. We can intercede for ourselves. We can intercede for others. We can bring things before God and he listens. And so first thing that usually comes to people's mind as a question when we talk to them about prayers, sometimes they say as a, as a new believer or even as those who have walked with Christ for a while, they go, I don't know that I know how to pray very well. And so let's talk just a second about how to pray. Jesus gives us this example in Matthew chapter 6. He's in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. And he pretty specifically says it this way. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. So you're not praying to be seen by everybody praying. He says, but when you pray, go to your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on like the Gentiles, since they imagine that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Just underline that in your Bible. God knows what you need before you even ask Him in prayer. It's not the amount of words we say. It's, a, it's an attitude of the heart that we bring before the Lord. And then Jesus himself gives us this model prayer, or the Lord's Prayer, as it's referred to at times. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. So real quickly there, Jesus says, this is how you pray. You don't have to have a lot of words. You don't do it for show. You, you do this in your heart in private. You remember that God is holy that your desire is that God's kingdom is being done here on earth through you just as it is in heaven. You remember that he's the one that gives you everything that you need on a daily basis. And then as God pours out to you, you should be able to pour out to others as well. That's what we need to remember in our prayers. Then right after, well, how do I pray? Usually people ask this question as well. Okay, well, then what? What do I pray? What do I pray for? You ready? Everything. That's what you pray for, everything. Because prayer is truly a privilege that we have, an acknowledgement that God is always with us. He cares about every detail of our life. And there's nothing too big or too small that God doesn't want you to realize that he is right there with you in this midst. So what you pray for is you truly can bring everything 
to God. And when you don't know even the words to say, Scripture says that he shows us the way. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, the Apostle Paul writes, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray for as we should. I'm going to stop right there and let's just acknowledge this. The Apostle Paul, the author of many books of the New Testament, wrote the words, we don't know what we're supposed to pray for. So when you're at that moment and you're going, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say or how to pray, you need to understand that God already knows your needs. And he knows what to pray. And the Apostle Paul himself said, with an attitude and a heart of prayer, he says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So it is an attitude of prayer. It is a heart of prayer. And even when we don't know how to do it or what to say, I promise you the way that you learn to pray is you pray. And so we want to take time to pray today.